You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey. Here with my co-host tonight, Cole Patterson. Dalton Miller is not with us tonight, but he'll be back, be back next week. Uh, we got a ton to cover today. There's been a lot of stuff that's come out. Uh, since the Cowboys got absolutely manhandled on Monday Night Football against the Cardinals, we're going to spend time talking about the game, but we're going to talk about some of these other storylines that have come out Um after the game, too, that probably have a little bit more impact on the, the rest of the year than that 38-10 to 10 loss to the Arizona Cardinals. But before we get going, Cole, how you doing, man? Uh, doing better today than I was last night or for the past week, <laughs> but I can't really complain too much. You know, uh, graduate here uh, a little over a month, so kind of, you know, school is kind of ramping up, that kind of stuff, but can't really complain tonight how about you man i'm hanging in there um obviously you watch the cowboys put up a performance like they did on monday against the cardinals it's always a tough next few days um it, it's weird though because you know never root for a cowboys loss that's never what we're gonna do here that's never what i'm gonna do here uh, i love the cowboys huge fan you know i enjoy covering the team never gonna root for them to lose mm-hmm. but also really like being right yeah something i think a lot of people in this industry enjoy and it's you know making predictions and and kind of giving a you know giving your analysis on things maybe before they happen and things working out exactly like you think they would and that's kind of what happened monday night um there's a lot of people who thought that this offense wasn't going to skip a beat, you know, that, that Andy Dalton was going to prove that dak prescott you know didn't matter that he wasn't that good and those people are clowns and mm-hmm. I was pretty disappointed today, actually, because, you know, after a performance like that where, you know, the quarterback struggled, the offense couldn't get anything going. Um, I kind of expected a lot more people to, to be a little bit more, you know, uh, aggressive going after those people who had had those takes of, mm-hmm. oh, the offense is going to skip a beat. But it, people kind of just, you know, brushed right over it, surprisingly. But I want to give my uh, little take on that. And again, you know. Was Andy Dalton absolutely horrible? I wouldn't go that far. Mm-hmm. Um, he played below average, kind of what I thought he was going to play like, and that resulted in the offense scoring 10 points. The offensive line didn't block well, but the offensive line hasn't blocked well all year. Uh, you know, you can point to the Zach Martin injury, which is the only difference between what Dak has been dealing with the last few weeks and what Dalton had to deal with. But uh, they, you know, Zach Martin was in the game the first three or four series and they went three and out, four and out and punted and 
didn't look good while he was in. So it was it went exactly how I thought it would. Um, probably even a little bit worse than I thought it would. Um, the receivers couldn't get going. The running game couldn't get going. The offensive line struggled. The the running back that we we paid ninety million dollars to can't hold onto the football, and that is what people wanted to see for some reason and that is what they got so before we kind of get into some of more of these rumors and and, and storylines what did you kind of think of the the offensive performance from that game on monday night oh man yeah it wasn't pretty like you said a lot of people were, were not only saying the offense weren't wasn't going to miss a beat some people were even making the argument that they would be better um right because because it would force you know the cowboys to run the ball to Zeke elliott or um, be more balanced or keep the defense off the field. Whatever the argument was, we saw it all over Twitter. Um, I saw that people did a, kind of come after Manny Ocho um, on Twitter. He was very vocal about his opinion um, last week that Andy Dalton would. I could be wrong. I want to say he said Andy Dalton would make this team better. Um, at least, at least they wouldn't miss a beat. Um, at the worst, they, he said they wouldn't miss a beat. And he kind of, you know, he was saying that he was wrong, blah, blah, blah. But you said nobody, not many people really went after those people. Um, obviously, like Colin Cowherd, he was also saying the same thing, that there's no, not big difference between Andy Dalton and Dak Prescott, which is kind of, which is like absurd, which is <laughs> asinine. But as far as the performance on Monday goes, it's just, I don't know, like, so the Cardinals, they do have a pretty good scoring defense, but they don't have Chandler Jones. They, uh... I mean, they have Buda Baker, but they have a bunch of guys in their defense who just point to, like, hey, he's going to make plays. Better watch out for that guy. Or they, they're not filled with elite talent that you would think of that would shut down a high-powered attack. But, they, man, they did. I know a lot of that has to do with the offensive line being, you know, decimated with injuries. Like, Martin obviously left the game early. You have two undrafted free agent it's, there wasn't much protection. They were definitely using that to their advantage. They were sending blitzes. I remember one play in particular, uh, Buda Baker blitzed, and Andy Dalton didn't see him. He was, you know, going through his progressions on the left side, and Dalton or uh, Buda Baker just drilled him cleanly. Nobody even put a hand on him. So there's, there's certainly some protection problems. Um, obviously, that wasn't really too unexpected. But Andy Dalton doesn't have the athletic ability. Um, he's not really as comfortable in this offense as Dak Prescott. He not the guy that's going to extend plays with his legs or um, be able to do that kind of stuff. So it's not really shocking, but it's just frustrating. Even when they were, it looked like they were going to kind of get things rolling. Um, you saw Elliott put the ball on the on the ground two different times. Um, you saw Gallup drop a touchdown. Um, it wasn't a perfect pass or anything, but it hit Gallup in the hands, and he usually does come down with those more often than not. Um, it was just a lot of miscues. They looked all out of sorts. I'm sure a lot of it did have to do with not having their guy out there with them, throwing in the football and kind of in that huddle. But, yeah, I wouldn't say Andy Dalton was the reason they lost, per se. I wouldn't say he was horrible um, or terrible or anything of those. But it was just, I mean, nobody really in the offense looked that great. C.D. Lamb had a couple catches late in the fourth quarter. Mark Cooper kind of um, got some receptions here and there um, in the second half. But yeah, it was just a really – it wasn't a pretty performance. Like it's a defense that I feel like they at least should have been able to move the ball down and f- up and down the field. But it was like 31-3. I'm pretty sure 31-3 at one point in the game. They scored that late touchdown, but the game was already out of hand. Yeah, and I think with Andy Dalton, the thing that frustrated me the most watching him play was – a lot of the things that he struggled with are things he shouldn't have struggled with. You know, if he was just struggling to escape pressure, 
you know, struggling to extend plays, just just getting harassed in the backfield. Like, I'd have been like, yeah, he didn't play well, but, you know, he didn't really have an opportunity to play well. But, like, he struggled with pre-snap stuff, shifting protections, seeing pre-snap blitz. I mean, there was a, there was a multiple plays that he just missed wide open guys. Yeah. But there, there mm-hmm. was one where they sent a a uh, zero blitz and Cedric Wilson's wide open. You know, he, yeah. he show it pre-snap. He, I think he even hard counted to get them to sh- jump. I remember that. Yeah. You know, he didn't, he, they didn't jump, but they, they show that they're all coming and mm-hmm. he, you know, sees the hot route. There's no one covering him up and, you know, he, he snaps the ball and then starts going through his progressions. And like, those are things that rookie quarterbacks make mistakes on. But when you're a, you know, I don't know how many years he's been in the league, you know, that much mm. better. And you, yeah. you can't do those type of things. And, you know, we almost threw a pick six in the, the first part of the game doing a similar thing where he just struggled to read the defense. He had a man wide open. Uh, CD lamb was wide open uh, about 20 yards downfield coming across the middle of the field. And he hesitated, you know, double clutched and then started to throw the ball as he was getting hit and almost threw an interception. And I mean, you know, I never fault quarterbacks for throwing almost interceptions, but realistically Dalton could have thrown five interceptions in that game. And, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a good game from him. You know, I think he played, you know, like I said, pretty strongly below average. Um, Said the offense just didn't look good, but what we were told is, is this offense was going to look better or this offense was going to not miss a beat. Yeah. And you have Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, uh, Michael Gallup, weapons, yeah. Zeke Elliott all look mediocre to below average for mm. most of the game. Because, I mean, Amari Cooper didn't – I think he Do had anything. one catch before halftime. And then yeah, he didn't really get involved until like late right. in the game. So it's like all these star-studded weapons that everyone wants to talk about looked, you know, Pedestrian. average at best, you know, for, for most of the game. And I think that goes back to Dak Prescott mm. and what he's yeah. – again, we don't – we don't talk about Dak Prescott elevating Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb, but I think you see with not good quarterback play, not above average consistent quarterback play, it doesn't matter. Who, I mean, again, it doesn't matter who's running routes and who's catching the football. Yeah. when They can't get the football to him or they can't get into the right checks on offense to get the football out and – that's what we saw. And, and again, it was one week that we're not saying that it can't turn around and, and Dalton can't improve, but it was a bad week for the Dak Prescott haters. Um, yeah. And it was a great week for Dak Prescott who did absolutely nothing. And his price tag is just continuing to rise. For sure. Yeah. I mean, the only skill guy, in my opinion, that looked any decent for most of the game was Tony Pollard. He had a couple runs here and there. Um, he kind of, impressed me a little bit he was able to uh, get some things going but yeah for the most part nobody really stepped up no pass catchers really did anything and a lot of that did have to do with the quarterback play um it was just i don't know we were so like you said like people were saying anybody could step in and play quarterback and this offense would keep moving and rolling and you know putting up points but man they they were able to score 30 points easily each and every you must expect the offense to score 30 points just how much is the defense gonna give up? Could the offense right. outscore the other team? And they didn't. They just had three points until the game was over. They used a seventeen-play drive, and then the commentator, I forgot which one, was like, "This is the yeah. most boring seventeen-play right. drive I've ever seen." So, and I mean, they almost yeah. didn't score on that drive. Yeah, you know, it was exactly. like, yeah, it was just it was tough to watch. Um, yeah. This high-powered offense that everyone talks about, and and you know, again, we keep going back to it, but said wouldn't miss a beat. Looked absolutely atrocious for three and a half quarters, and yeah. uh, 
again, I just I, I think I put out a tweet during the game, but if you've never seen a quarterback, you know, just not even be on the, the active roster and his price tag went up, just open yeah. your eyes because that's what you witnessed last night. Um, no doubt. And again, you know, the, they have some – I'm sure Jerry and Steven are sitting there with their fingers crossed, hoping that these next few weeks it goes a lot smoother. So you're going to get, I mean, again, you could really get to a point where Dak Prescott could demand whatever the hell he wants. And they're going to be stuck between a rock and a hard place because they've seen what it is without him. They saw what it was without Tony Romo. And we're now seeing it with Dak Prescott. And, you know, it's, it's, they had, to play, <laughs> they had to play a really good front this oh, week, yeah. too. It's Washington. with yep. you got, You're going to ask Terrence Steele and Brandon Knight, assuming that they don't try to play Zach Martin if he's available at tackle, to, well, to block, yeah. to block I was, Sweat. And well, I was going to say, we're, I want to get into that because Brandon Knight's not going to be available on Sunday. Uh, he had surgery on his knee today. That's and right, that's right. He's uh, going to be out at least a week, it seems like, possibly two. So you're going to be looking at, and get Frank Philly Sinat, after that, or you're gonna be looking at because Zach Martin might not might not be available. He's in the concussion protocol, so you're either gonna be looking at moving a Connor Williams type out to left tackle and then playing Connor McGovern, or a Zach Martin out to tackle and playing a Connor McGovern, or you're gonna be looking at Greg yeah. Sanad, or or maybe you get Irving back isn't very good so it's going to be very very interesting to see this offensive line and quarterback play against mm-hmm. Montez Sweat, Chase Young uh you know Deron yeah. I mean Jonathan it's just Allen. I was quickly yeah. looking at their schedule real quick and four of their next five games are against like they're playing dudes on that D-line they're playing Washington this week Philly in the, the next week got Pittsburgh the week after that got Washington two weeks after that and you got I mean, Baltimore has a good defense, too. And then you have San Francisco. I mean, it's like it's, there's not really a let-up in the rest of the schedule. I, so you must have to feel bad for Andy Dalton in the offense because it could get pretty ugly pretty fast. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it could it it could go – you could go on a four- or five-game stretch that mm. you could lose every single game and it not be competitive. Mm. Um, and, again, it, it goes back to – the leader of this team, the leader of this football team, not being yeah, there. Um, for sure. And, you know, we talked a little bit about Brandon Knight, but another report that came out uh, today, which obviously this is coming out on Wednesday, being recorded on Tuesday, is that there's some players, and we don't know if they're defensive players, offensive players, special yeah. team players, but there's some players who are already starting to get a little bit frustrated with this coaching staff and express some of those frustrations to Jane Slater. Uh, she had a report today um, that, that really – I mean, I, I, six games in was was pretty shocking. Um, we've heard a lot of a lot about this team maybe being disgruntled years in the past and being a little bit frustrated with coaches. But Jane Slater's report uh, today was Cowboys players initially bought into keeping things internal. Now, as they sit at two and four, the discontent is leaking out on the coaching staff. Totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. Another, they just aren't good at their jobs. That's a pretty damaging mm-hmm. statement uh, from a player to yeah. a media member about coaches. I mean, if you have your players who are saying they just aren't good at their jobs, that's I mean, that's about as bad as it gets from a mm-hmm. you know dysfunction standpoint. And I mean, again, I was pretty. I mean, again, I you know you can go back and listen to podcasts when when the McCarthy hire was done. I wasn't excited about that at all. Um, 
you know, I, I didn't hate it, but mm-hmm. I didn't like it. But I'm very surprised to hear those sort of reports six games into his tenure, whether it's about him or Mike Nolan yeah, or yeah. Al Harris or Kellen Moore, whatever. Uh, Whoever six yeah, games yeah. in, it's 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 fallen on his shoulders because this is his staff and this is the staff he put together. I uh, wanted to get your take on kind of what you thought about that report and how damning you think it yeah. could be. Yes, obviously we all saw it. Um, it's kind of almost done it. So it's, I'm not shocked by it because, I mean, it's obviously a disappointing season. You lost your quarterback and everything. But I had to reread the tweet. I was like, wait, what? A player actually said that? Like, right. obviously the player wasn't named or whatever. Um, but the fact that they're that they're willing to tell that and kind of voice their concerns, usually that kind of stays in the locker room and maybe down the road, maybe that leaks out a little bit, little by little. Maybe you start hearing some whispers. But the fact that literally not even 24 hours after that loss, it's already being reported that players are kind of fed up with everything. And like you said, like, so I tend to think or assume at least that it was probably directed toward Mike Nolan, um, if I had to guess. But like you said, as far as it, it has to fall on Mike McCarthy's shoulders because he is the head guy. Even if it's not directly about him, I'm sure there is at least a little fr- a little bit of frustration towards him because it is his staff. He is the kind of head guy in charge. He um supposed to hold everything together and everything's falling apart. Um I don't know if it's a coincidence that every, all this is happening the week that they don't have Dak Prescott around. Because, um, I mean, I will say they weren't off to a great start with Dak and uh, they kind of weren't living up to expectations. But he is the glue to this team. Um, we saw the videos that these players posted. Um, we saw the kind of uh, outreach that Dak got from numerous athletes. The kind of respect he holds is pretty rare. So I don't think it is a huge coincidence that all this is coming out as soon as he is not involved and it is right after a big loss. It is pretty frustrating. Like you said, I wasn't the biggest fan of McCarthy when he was hired, but I was able to talk myself into it, you know, maybe a year away, kind of made him rethink some things. You know, he really pushed the analytics edge and he watched all these games and he was heavily uh involved with PFF, just looking at their stuff and the analytics and all this stuff is going to change. You know, he has a pretty good tracker of the quarterback, so we're excited with his uh, connection with Dak. And obviously, it's only six games in. You can't really put a blanket statement on anything, but he has been a disappointment. Um, obviously, not having Dak for the rest of the year is, is going to be a big-time struggle if, any, if last night, if Monday night was any kind of indication for how the rest of the year goes. But, man, it's just... It's like a dumpster fire. I tweet out a GIF, like a, you know, this is fine. You know, I give the dumpster fire. Right. Um, that's pretty much what the mood is with the, at the star right now. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's like there's never, you can't go a season without any kind of drama in Dallas. <laughs> and this year it seems like a lot, like it's all building up. It's all piling over. And I'm interested to see, are they going to make staff changes? Are they going to let Mike Nolan go? Are they going to... Um, Put a shorter leash on Mike McCarthy. Um, what's the move from here? That's what I'm curious to see because it's obviously the players are fed up and they, it's obviously something needs to change. Yeah, no, I agree. And I want to uh, take a break and then come back and talk about some of those things that might need to change around 
uh, the star around the, the, the Dallas Cowboys in order for them to get back on track uh, from a long-term and short-term perspective. So we're going to take a break, come back, and talk about some of the team building that we think needs to improve in order for this team to get back uh, to their winning ways. We'll be right back after a short break. We are talking the star. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we're back on the Talk in the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at ConnorNFLDraft. Here with Cole Patterson tonight. Give him a follow on Twitter as well at Cole L. Patterson. Uh, Dalton Miller not with us, but you can give him a follow on Twitter as well at Dalton B. Miller. I want to give a great big shout out to Blogging the Boys, SB Nation, and Vox Media uh, for giving us a platform to host the Talking the Star podcast along with a lot of other podcasts as well that you can find on the Blogging the Boys podcast network on whatever podcast platform you use to listen to your podcast. Just search Blogging the Boys Click that subscribe button and get a ton of different voices, a ton of different opinions, and a ton of good opinions as well. Um, so go ahead and do that. Uh, get get access to a ton of different shows on the Blogging the Boys podcast network. I wanted to turn this podcast over to uh, a little bit different perspective. We've been kind of going week by week talking about these games, talking about you know the offense, the defense, the special teams, blah blah blah. But I really wanted to take a look at this team from a t- team building perspective, from a front off per- front office perspective, because I think that's where a lot of this team's issues start. Um, you know, we can talk about the we can talk about the coaching, we can talk about the schemes, we can talk about the injuries, but I think that all comes back to one thing, and that is you know. Your front officing, your your team building, uh, through the draft, through free agency, through player acquisition, like there's a reason that the best teams in the NFL stay at the top of the league as being the best teams because they do a good job at building their team, and I think the Cowboys are bad at building a team. I think they've mm-hmm. been this way, uh, you know, here recently. Um, and again, I'm not gonna not gonna totally kill them because they drafted. Uh, a really good quarterback in the fourth round, uh, the 2016 draft. They've put some good players around him. Um, but I think when you look at this team from a top in and depth perspective, it's just not good enough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we they 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 drafted Ezekiel Elliott. They paid Ezekiel Elliott. They drafted Jalen Smith. They paid Jalen Smith. They let Byron Jones walk. They haven't paid their quarterback yet. Like those two moves there are kind of, 
what concerns me about this front office is do they know important you know what, what positions are important and what positions are because that's I mean that's really what it goes back to but from a draft perspective you know they, they had a really good draft in th- 2020 like I have zero complaints with their draft in 2020 but you go back to 2019 where Tristan Hill was the 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 first pick and you had Juan Thornhill or Taylor Rapp still on the board um Connor yeah. McGovern who you know couldn't even get on the field until the ninth lineman went down in, in the game on Monday. So like those are two top 100 picks who aren't looking to be great, you know, NFL players. You go back a year before that, you see Leighton Vander Esch who when he's on the field, which is very rare, hasn't played very well and he can't stay on the field. He can't stay mm-hmm. healthy. Um, you know, Michael Gallup, good pick, you know, but that's, it's just, it's been a struggle bus for this yeah. team to sign free agents, to draft consistently well, to pay the players that they should pay and not play the guy, pay the guys that they shouldn't pay. And, and that's kind of what I wanted to take a look at. Um, from your perspective, I wanted to kind of get your take on some of the struggles and some of the, maybe even some of the, the good things they've done recently from a team building perspective, if you have a few that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it's just funny. It's looking back after that 2016 season, um, I'm going to say we, but I don't want to speak for you. I feel like most of us were all kind of drinking the Kool-Aid that this team was set up for like for the next decade at least. You got your franchise quarterback in the fourth round, which they really lucked into. Um, Ezekiel Elliott obviously not drafting. Obviously drafting a running back that high is not the best move, but man, he looked like this was the perfect offense for him, um, that he was kind of different than your normal running back. Um I was never the biggest fan of Jalen Smith drafting him just because of that nasty injury and the kind of players are available that were available um, when we took him. Um, but even you, there's some optimism around him. So, I mean, the 2016 draft, Anthony Brown, those kind of guys. So that kind of had everybody thinking this team was set up for the future. And I don't know if the front office and the Jones kind of got complacent with that. But it just seems like the draft just got – instead of building on that draft, it just got worse and worse. Um, obviously, you had the Taco Charlton fiasco. Um, I was a big fan of Awuzier pre-drafts, but he hasn't really worked out as much as we want him to. At least me personally, I don't think he has. Uh, obviously, some of that was injury. We'll see uh, what he can do when he comes back and plays the rest of the year, all that kind of stuff. But just – Oh no! Good teams stack drafts on draft. Like the Seahawks, so I know they have some weird picks, but they were able to they were able to stack some drafts, um, some good drafts after they got Russell Wilson um, to kind of build around him. Um, seems like the Cowboys haven't been able to do that. Um, obviously, Vander Esch, he was the pre-draft concern with the injuries, and that hasn't gone away. When he is on the field, he looks like he has superstar potential. But like you said, he's rarely on the field, and every time he makes a tackle, you kind of like are worried is he did he kind of bang something is his neck okay is his collarbone all right it's just it's kind of like the Sean Lee you don't know if he's gonna be able to get up and play that next down or not they did look into Gallup uh, I don't know if they looked into Gallup per se but that was a really good pick but other than that it seems like yeah I saw a tweet um it was, I mean obviously some of it was joking but I was serious that if the Cowboys just like Cowboys Twitter drafted team for them it's just kind of crazy to think where they could be right now <laughs> you you would have tj watt 
opposite yeah. of Demarcus Lawrence. He would probably Jair have to, Alexander over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean Taylor Rapp in the secondary. You would. I mean, there's just Jay, so many. Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Byron Lee. Jones together. Did you see? Did you see that Des tweet that he yeah, I did. tried to delete? I did. Um, if you didn't see that it, that was um, right after the fumble too. Yeah, if you're listening, you didn't see it. It was basically Des just saying the Cowboys really kind of drafted. Um, Jalen Ramsey at four and Derrick Henry in the second round, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that is a theory. I know, like, Marcus Mosher, he brings that up a lot. And it's just kind of crazy. I don't know if everybody um, would have been on board for that at the time, but it's stuff like that. If you just think about what they could have on this roster and how they've kind of ruined the defense by not addressing safety or interior defensive tackle, um, it's just mind-boggling. And then, like you said, with free agency, you would think the Cowboys would be able to attract free agency. Um, free agents want to come play in Dallas, play for the Cowboys, but they want to go bargain. Um, well, that's what they can attract them. Yeah, but yeah. As soon they as they start sign. negotiating, it's like, yeah. oh, you went over five million dollars. Yeah, we're <laughs> out. You know. Yeah. It's like, I think you tweet. I think it was you that tweeted the other day that yeah. like, you get you get what you pay for. Like, uh, and and that's the most frustrating thing for me yeah. is like. If you're going to bargain bin shop and free agency, which which I I'm not okay with, but I'll you can I'll, understand I can it understand it. Yeah. Do the high risk, you uh-huh. know, scenarios. Go sign Jason Verrett for a million and a half. But, you know, that's what he's making almost a million and a half dollars. But it's like he's a really good player when he's healthy. He's just yeah. unable to be healthy. So instead of Daryl Worley, you'd have Jason Verrett. And <laughs> yeah. Jason Verrett, if he's on the field is big up you know, pro bowl all pro corner yep. if mm-hmm. he's not next man up which is pretty much what you're doing now anyways because your bad corner your bad cheap corner yeah. is terrible so you literally don't want to put him on the field which is the same thing you'd be doing with an <laughs> injured jason verrett and, he's a tcu kid too so i feel like he probably would have like I don't know if you would have taken discount, but I feel like right. he, if there's the same offer, he probably favors the Cowboys. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, I know he he was very fond of San Francisco as well, but yeah, like if you want to, you know, offer him a million dollar, make it a two million dollar deal. Yeah. Like you, you 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 let your all pro corner walk and then didn't replace him, but with a second round pick and <laughs> like again, that second round pick has had some really, you know, I thought he played really well for the I most part against DeAndre Hopkins and he kind of shadowed DeAndre Hopkins for for a lot of that game and, and held his own, which is great to see, but he's mm. had his bumps and, and, you know, it doesn't matter if you have one good corner, if your other three corners are burnt toast, they're just going to yeah. go target them guys. And, you, so. and you're not creating any kind of pressure and you're not creating pressure and your back in safeties are terrible. So yeah, <laughs> it, you can have <laughs> one good corner and the other three receivers or tight ends or running backs are going to catch the football and four <laughs> touchdowns. You yeah. know, DeAndre Hopkins didn't have a big game, but Christian Kirk did. And Kyler Murray ran all over the place. And, mm. you know, Kenyon Drake looked like prime Adrian Peterson. And, and that's what we get to when you ignore the defensive tackle position for 10 years in a row. And, mm. and again, I, sh- I really shouldn't say that because they did go out and get Gerald McCoy. Obviously it didn't work out. He suffered the injury and, and isn't mm. here. Um, they signed a bad player in Don Terry Poe. I remember writing a piece on blogging the boys when they signed him, and yeah, I was like, "You were never a fan of that, right?" Yeah. You know, as soon as they signed him, I said, "He's not a good player." Like, you had Damon Harrison out there, who's a better player for the position that you're looking to do, and you signed the worst guy. So you're gonna get bad play from bad players, and you know, even then, you know, even even with Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe. 
I think on this show, a lot of the times we said they needed multiple guys because, you know, that was, you know, we didn't know they were going to draft Neville Gallimore, but even with yeah. Neville Gallimore, you were looking at Tristan Hill, who showed you absolutely nothing in his rookie year. Antoine Woods, who is at best a solid contributor in Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy. And those are two veteran aging guys. One of them not mm-hmm. being good. So you're still looking at having three bad defensive tackles and one aging, but still solid guy in McCoy. And they completely ignored it outside of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they signed, they, they did draft Neville Gallimore, who I, I have some hope for. Um, but, but they just, the, the free agent thing, just it, it's mind boggling me to me because Ever since the Brandon Carr year, they've pretty much ignored free agency, and they wonder why their team's not good every. <laughs> okay. I, I just, and they're know. not drafting like we said. They're not drafting enough to overcome any of that either. Like you got, right. you got at least do one right, and they're not doing right. either one. Right, and, and again, people are going to say, "Oh, this is a good drafted team," and it's like they had a really good draft in 2020. I, I love CD Lamb. I really like the potential with Trayvon Diggs. I like the potential with Neville Gallimore. Um, I'm still really high on Reggie Robinson, even though they won't play the kid. You know, they they really just got to get Daryl Worley out on the field to give up 80 yard touchdowns every week. You can't put Reggie Robinson out there because he'll definitely give up even more than that somehow, apparently. But <laughs> I mean, again, yeah. it's just like they had a good draft, but 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 last year's draft was awful i mean when you mm-hmm. go back and look at it tristan hill's going into his third year really bad he's yeah. a poor defensive tackle at this point that had a season injury surgery he had a season ending knee injury and the year he was healthy he was atrocious mm-hmm. uh Connor mcgovern we have no idea if he can play or not because he hasn't been able to get on the field tony pollard solid contributor on offense terrible special teams player. yeah not great pretty much it teams. that's yeah. pretty much it that's what you and donovan wilson who don't know if he can play yet or not. So you, mm-hmm. you, you know, last year's draft, years before last, where you you go Leighton Vander Esch, Connor Williams, an okay starter for you, Michael Gallup, a good starter for you. That's about it. Draft yeah. before that, Leighton Vander Esch can't stay healthy, and when he is on the field, hasn't been great at all times. Chidobe Awuzie, okay at best. Jordan Lewis, a liability that mm-hmm. nobody really wants to talk about. But yeah, it's it's it's. They, they aren't a good drafting team anymore. I know mm. we want to say that because of the Tyron Smith years, the Zach Martin years, the Travis Fredericks years, but that was in the past. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're in the present now. I feel like and, they're like, when they hit, it seems like a lot of them really, really hit. It's just that their hit rate has kind of regressed they, each they, and every year. And they, they miss. You have to have one of those drafts where you're all every single one of your day three picks are on your team and contributing in a positive way, and they haven't been able yeah. to do that. Like you have to get that in one of those in one of these drafts. You you have to, you know, Trayvon Diggs has to play. You know, to to to, and again, he is playing. He's playing okay. I'm not gonna say yeah. he's playing well. He's not playing great. He played really well on Monday night, I thought. But mm. for the most part, it's been an up and down season for him. But Neville Gallimore hasn't given you anything. You know, Reggie yeah. Robinson hasn't given you anything. Mm-hmm. You're getting to that. You know, you're getting to the point where you're getting one or two good players from each draft class and then the rest of them aren't turning into anything and then you aren't using free agency or the trade market so then you're you know you're just you're hoping those one or two players can can be the difference in your team every year because yeah. we're, we're not seeing that big growth from some guys that you see throughout the league from, from some other guys you're, you're not i mean again we saw it a little bit last year with michael gallup um 
But again, you know, we've been waiting for Connor Williams to kind of blossom for three years now. Yeah. We've been waiting mm-hmm. for, you know, Chidobe Awuzie to turn into a, you know, Pro Bowl caliber cornerback for three years now. We've been waiting for Xavier Woods to take that leap for two years now, and it's it just, just not happening. So yeah. when you don't get that from your draft class and you don't use free agency and you're very picky about what you do in the trade market, you're pretty much relying on one to two players in each draft class to make a difference on your team, and that's not a smart way to build your team. Completely agree. Um, couldn't really say it better myself. Just it's sort of just maddening. Like um, they'll make a move here and there that really gets you excited, like the Amari Cooper trade or like Jeremy. I, mean, I mean, again, Everson Griffin. I was excited about that. You know, yeah. like they signed Everson Griffin. I was like, that's what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for you guys to do that, and it hasn't panned out. I'll be the first one to admit it. Do I? And I'm going to be honest. I said I had a tweet today that. I'm willing to give Everson Griffin a little bit of time because he was sitting on his couch two weeks before the season start. He's making just $6 million. So, like, he might not start playing to the level that we're used to seeing Everson Griffin play at until week seven or eight, which, you know, you'd like for him to be ready in week one. But as an older veteran who didn't get training camp, who wasn't in these team meetings, who's learning a new defense, who's getting limited snaps, it could take him a little bit of time to get back into rhythm. So I'm willing to hold out hope for him. But, I mean, again, like, you, the Cooper trade, Griffin, like, outside of that, McCoy, but outside of that, like, they just haven't done a whole lot of those moves that you're like, like you were saying, like, good job, guys, this is smart. Yeah, no doubt. It's just, I don't know, I guess we'll see if, they've, if they're going to learn from their mistakes, and it's, just, it's one mistake after another, and it's kind of maddening. Um, hopefully they kind of are able to correct a lot of this by re-signing Dak, and then, We'll go from there. Yeah. No, that's that's a great place to start is, is signing your franchise quarterback. And another great place to start would be beating the Washington football team this weekend, mm-hmm. to, which I don't know. I don't even know if I want them to win too many more games after that performance on Monday so we can just get a good player in the draft and hope that they can turn into a difference maker. Because as we just talked about, you're probably going to get one or two of those in each draft class, and that might be your, your best chance of getting better from year to year. But, uh, We'll be back next week to talk about the uh, Week 7 game against the division rival Washington football team. And boy, oh boy, if they lose to the Washington football team, it might be a draft show that we might be doing next week. So make sure you check out the show next week. We'll be back to talk some more Dallas Cowboys football. We are talking the star.
first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.